Today, Rinpoche gave a very clear explanation of how love is generated. Okay, so <coughs> uh, once again, we're looking at Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment. Specifically, uh, just as a note, the section on training the mind in the stage of the path for beings of great capacity. Uh, so we're in this section uh, on the seven-point cause and effect personal instruction uh, passed down by Lord Atisha, uh, Atisha for realizing the mind that aspires to enlightenment. So when we look at it from uh, the standpoint of the, the categories in the great treatise, uh, we find uh, that it's divided into various categories. First, uh, beginning with the categories that lead up to love and compassion, uh, and then into the categories that are a result of those. Um, so uh, the section is titled, Having Affection uh, for All Beings, and then there are three categories. Culting a, cultivating a recognition as all beings are your mothers, or the recognition that all beings are your mothers. Second category is remembering their kindness. And the third category is wishing to repay their kindness. Then the fourth category is love through the force of attraction. So all of these are causes of the, the next step, uh, if you will. Uh, so the first three categories that we've already gone through lead up to where we're going to begin today. And that is, if you turn to the great treatise um, to page 42, um, we have the development of the attitude of being intent on others' wealth, welfare. And here we have the next three steps, or if you will, the final three causes of bodhicitta presented. So the first, when we look at the seven-point cause and effect for realizing bodhicitta, or the mind that aspires to enlightenment, uh, it's called cause and effect because these are causes and effects. So first we have the recognition that mother beings are our mothers, and then from that remembering their kindness, from that wishing to repay their kindness, and from that generating a love through the force of attraction or affection for all beings. Uh, so that's where we are. So you look at here, it says the development of the attitude of being intent on others' welfare has three categories. The cultivation of love, the cultivation of compassion, and the cultivation of wholehearted resolve. Uh, so that's where we are today, and uh, uh, we'll, we'll begin here. So anyone who has a book, that's, that's where we are. And happy Mother's Day to everyone, because all sentient beings are our mothers. So we're going to begin. Uh, huh. Why is this different? Just give me one moment. I just want to see. Shamba. All right, then the Natsu Shamba Yunten Jetop, that's this Sash. 
think the Sumjanga, the Shamba Jansan Tang, the Shamba, the good Sogudu, the Shamba Gumbi Okay, Gombi Rimba, okay. Yeah. Okay, so we're actually, where we're exactly starting is on page 43, where it says the stages of cultivating love are as follows. Um, so uh, I just wanted to know exactly where Rinpoche was going to start. Uh, so we're actually further than 42 or 43, where it says stages of cultivating. Okay, Digsa, Rasa. <laughs> So, uh, in this section uh, where we have the stages of cultivating love, uh, Jayan Sheba states that there are nine different points that Lama Tsongkhapa makes in this section. Uh, so, in the outline of Jayan Sheba, uh, we we're going to find those categories then broken down or the different points pulled out of the text. Tomas and uh, the first category is called the object of observation of love. Uh, so Jayan Sheba says that's the first category. Um, so when we look at, um, let me read this first. The stages of cultivating love are as follows. First, cultivate love toward friends. Then cultivate love toward, for persons toward whom you have neutral feelings. Next, cultivate love toward your enemies. Then cultivate it gradually toward all beings. So here... This is showing uh, how we cultivate love in relation to the three types of beings that we um, know. So first there are friends, uh, and then there are neutrals, uh, and then there are persons to whom we see as enemies. So these are the, this is the stages, these are the stages um, that we uh, utilize to generate this love that will eventually have as its object of observation all sentient beings. So we begin first, it says, cultivate towards friends. Uh, so towards our friends, towards our relatives, and so forth, we do this uh, familiarization or meditation uh, towards uh, generating love in relation to those objects of observation, which are our friends and relatives and so forth. Next, we move on to those neutral beings, beings who we don't have any partiality to, um, uh, any kind of partiality towards. We're impartial. Uh, so we don't have any uh, desire to harm or help. Uh, they're just uh, neutral to us. Um, and so the key in this part is to us. So these objects of observation are specific obs objects of observation that we have a relationship to. So um, they, it isn't general, it's more specific 
relationships that we have. So in this neutral part, there are people that we see, but they're, they're neutral to us. Um, and, and the reason for that is then af after you move on to the next step, which is cultivating love towards your enemies, you then move to all sentient beings, meaning those that you don't have any interaction with, that you don't have uh, to use as an object of observation that's as close. Um, I'm trying not to be too loose with the translation, but to make it understood that here, this friend's enemies neutrals. Neutrals doesn't mean everyone in this case. It means those neutral to us. Uh, um, so um, that's just a note just for the, the, the use of the language in the Tibetan to really carry over into the English. Um, and then says next, then cultivate it gradually towards all beings. So you work with your friends and relatives then, and generate love. And then you generate love towards neutrals and generate love towards which the hardest enemies. And then you, you try to make your object of observation bigger and bigger and grander and grander to eventually arrive at all sentient beings. It says gradually towards. So gradually becoming greater and eventually, the object of observation of that love is everyone. Dig <laughs> And so. Uh, so what is this uh, um, meditation uh, upon love? Uh, what does this mean? Or you can use in uh, Tibetan language, the one we always use to, uh, when we translate as meditation, is really literally just familiarization. Uh, if you look at how to literally translate the word in Tibetan, that we always say meditate, uh, which then brings different ideas into our minds sometimes uh, than familiarizing ourselves with something. Um, so uh, I get to use the word familiarize, but realize it's usually translated as meditate, um, but it's more literal familiarize. So um, here, you are what are you familiarizing your mind with when we say um, meditating or familiarizing oneself with um, uh, love? Uh, so we recognize that we want to have happiness. Uh, so we have a desire to have happiness. And all sentient beings, like ourselves, wish to have happiness. If we think, I wish all sentient beings had happiness, then this is meditation upon love. So we begin to familiarize ourselves with this idea, first with our friends and our relatives, and we begin to establish this desire for them to have happiness. Uh, so we meditate upon this idea that we wish for happiness, and just like we wish for happiness, they wish for happiness, may they have happiness. So we begin to wish for their happiness through this familiarization. Then we move on to our neutrals, those who are neutral to us, and we begin that process where we wish for happiness for our neutrals. Uh, and then we move on to our enemies, and we try to familiarize ourselves to the point where we wish uh, that all of our enemies had happiness or were happy. Um, so after that, then we move on to all sentient beings. So this is familiarization with love. This is what meditation on love or familiarization with love refers to. Um, 
thinking again and again, sometimes it's even translated as that, uh, thinking again and again, or instead of familiarization. So it's translated as meditation, thinking again and again, or familiarization, depending on who translates it. So thinking again and again, if you will, about relatives and friends having happiness, then neutrals, then enemies. And that's meditation upon love. Tearing Ami Duchen. Tearing the Ami Duchen. Nietzsche. So today on the Tibetan calendar, or we look at it, and it's part of what is called the 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 Buddha month. So the month of the Buddha. So right now we are in that time, which is considered the month of the Buddha, and. It's an important time because it's considered a time of increase. And what that means is that, uh, in this case, we're speaking of love. If we familiarize ourselves with love or meditate on love just once during this important time, it's like doing it 100,000 times um, because of the power of this time period of the, the month of the Buddha. <laughs> The Ami Oh, oh, Amitabha. Okay, so in uh, so and we look at mantric recitation, for instance, in the Chinese tradition, we have the uh, Amitabha uh, mantra uh, that is uh, recited, and just by reciting that mantra one time during this time of increase, it's like doing it one hundred thousand times. So whatever virtue we engage in is the same with respect to that increase. Very uh, of much of great benefit. The Kandre, uh, the the Shamba Kandre Gom, the Shamba Kandre Gom, Nipa Nipa, the Giant Sheba Ewa Nipa Gare, Nipa, Chishina Kandre, Nipa Shambi, Nobody Nopa, Nampar, the Sena, Nopa Sena, Miba Sijan Lamine, Shamba Shamba Gumbulu, the Nopa Kashagres, Susan Michel Zula Mine, Zul Nopa Shagro, Zul Nopa Shagro, Shamba the Sijan Lamine, Nopa Kashagres. Cultivate. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the uh, next category in Jayan Sheba's uh, outline is just the, what it says here. How to cultivate love, the way to cultivate love. Um, and that word cultivate, Rinpoche said when you, uh, you see a form, you're cultivating the, see, the sight of a form. So that's how the word cultivate is being used in this case. So they've used the word cultivate, which is fine, but what the meaning of it is, is like when you see a form, you're cultivating, uh, your eye is cultivating that sight of a form. Here, how do you cultivate, how do you make that love occur? What, what's the process of love, really? The process. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
The way to cultivate love is as follows. Just as you can develop compassion once you have repeatedly thought about how living beings are made miserable by suffering, develop love by thinking repeatedly about how Living beings lack all happiness, both contaminated and uncontaminated. When you become familiar with this, you will naturally wish for beings to be happy. In addition, bring mind to various forms of happiness and then offer them to living beings. Uh, so uh, here, this is how the process of making love occur. This is uh, how we make the realization of love happen within our continuum. Uh, so we, it says, uh, just as you can develop compassion once, you have repeatedly thought about how living beings are made miserable by suffering. So here, we're repeatedly thinking how we wish that, that sentient beings, first our friends, our, and then our uh, neutrals, and then our enemies, uh, we repeatedly think that we wish, th that we wish they have happiness. Um, so here, we're thinking again and again about sentient beings having happiness, so wishing for them to have this happiness, and then recognizing that they don't have all forms of happiness, uh, even if we look at it from a contaminated or an uncontaminated standpoint. So even the, all the forms of contaminated happiness that are possible, no one has. Uh, so these beings lack not only contaminated happiness, but of course, 
uncontaminated happiness, uh, pure happiness that will occur uh, uh, later, uh, enlightenment. So it says, when you become familiar with this, you'll arrive at this desire for beings to be happy. So when we look at the four immeasurables, it says, may all sentient beings have happiness in the causes of happiness. That's familiarization with love. That line is referring to love. Uh, uh, through the force of attraction, this step that we're, we're talking about. Um, so it, it says that when you become familiar, familiar with this desire for all beings to be happy, uh, then, then you, you arrive at this wish for everyone to be. Uh, so when you look at <clears throat> these different types of beings <clears throat> and analyze it in this way uh, and see how they don't have this happiness and then you wish for them to have it, uh, and then, as a meditation, it says, bring to mind various forms of happiness and offer them to living beings. Think about all the different forms of happiness that anyone can have, and then imagine that you're giving that happiness to those beings, those friends, those neutrals, those enemies, and then everyone. Uh, so this is the process of generating love. Um, so the pr just as a translator's note, it always, it, the, the previous lines always matter because it, it will be uh, this, this same. So it says friends, neutrals, and enemies at the top. So it's automatically assumed that those are the objects of observation for all of the rest of this discussion. And then, so friends, neutrals, enemies, and then everyone. So that's the process throughout this entire uh, section. And it will be assumed that that is the object of observation. Dixung, Sabudurim Che. Okay. The tinginzi the do yure then a or tingan the jabul is out with shambi pant or okay ว่าเดเพนเพนเดนมายงดูเพนตอมเดชามบะชามบะกุมเพนเดติงันจิจาบุเลสนโดโรโดติงันจิจาบุเลเดโอเคชวาทาเจติบิชินตานาชบะนาม
So category number three is the benefit uh, of love. And if we go back uh, a little bit in the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, we actually find a point made in a quote from the King of Concentration Sutra. So if you look at page uh, 42 um, in the English, uh, about midway down, it it says, with respects to the benefits of love, the King of Concentration Sutra states, always offering to superior beings as many countless offerings as there are in billions of lands does not equal a portion of the benefit of a loving attitude. It says that the benefit of love has far greater merit than continually making vast offerings to the highest recipients, parentheses, Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. Um, So uh, here, uh, the benefits of love are presented, um, and it shows uh, um, how much greater meditating upon it is uh, than even doing... uh, other very grand or great things that are virtuous. Uh, So it says, always offering to superior beings as many countless offerings as there are in billions of lands. Uh, So it's saying, uh, if you were to be able to offer to the Buddhas, Bodhisattvas, any superior being that exists, all the time, countless offerings, food, drink, whatever wonderful things there are to offer, if you were to able to offer all the time as m- countless amounts of those things to every holy being that exists, it says, does not equal a portion of the benefit of a loving attitude. So generating love, having this attitude of love towards others is so much greater that then offering, making offerings to every holy being that exists everywhere, every time, with everything. Um, and, and if you were to do that, it would only be a little bit of the, the virtue that you get from that realization of love, that actual um, um, uh, loving attitude. Um, so that uh, is the point that's made in, in number three. And... Uh,
Jebba 
で2位を生まれ2位を生まれるんちゃいでんがつで Okay, so when we look at the benefits of, um, uh, of love,、uh, we find that there are eight categories. And we're going to, at break, I'm going to get a, a couple of them because there's omission, but I know where I can find them. There's an omission in the text here, so I know where I can find them. So we're going to just, I'll give you six、uh, of the eight, and then after break, I can give you the other two. Um, so, the first is that、uh, the gods and humans uh, like, uh, like you or will adore you. So, Okay. So I'll just do the eight when we have all the eight then, because、uh, I think that makes more sense. Because、uh, Rinpoche just went backwards to backed up into the outline, so we're going to end up there again.、Uh, so we might as well just do, do this. So when we go, go back to the original outline and we, we、uh, have those、uh, cate- different categories, nine categories that Jayan Sheba breaks it down into. Uh, first, the object of observation of love. When we turn to page 42 in the English,、uh, we can see uh, that uh, the, the Tibetan brings us through、uh, all of these sections. So, the object of love. So, it says the object of love is living beings who do not have happiness. So, we, we found out the object of love is uh, f- uh, f- friends,、um, uh, enemies. Uh, and neutrals.、Um, I see how this happened.、Um, I thought we were supposed to be here.、Um, but so the, the, so the point that was made over here、uh, the, first we cultivated towards our, our、uh, friends, then we cultivated towards our neutrals, then we cultivated towards our enemies. All of those points made there I, are 
the objects of love. So that's the, the reason that we went forward, to, is to understand clearly what the objects of love are according to the um, uh, Lama Tsongkhapa. So Jayan Sheba says, the first is the object of observation of love. Um, so we've learned that the object is we start with our friends, then we move to neutrals, then we move to enemies, and then all sentient beings. Uh, so uh, then we have the process um, of, of cultivating um, this. Uh, so the process is there's a, a large uh, amount of information here uh, where it, it, it says that we are first uh, looking at our friends and relatives, then looking at our neutrals, and then looking at our enemies, and generating this desire for them to have happiness. Um, so the process is repeatedly thinking about this, doing this again and again and again, and then gradually increasing the size of the object of observation to the point where it is all sentient beings. Um, so this is the process um, of doing so. Um, uh, and the J Yure. That's ペイテンテンドワジャソンジャソンジャンゴルマンゴルマテタンボテテンジャバセタンボロデネオケテンジャバセオテソンバレソンバソンバジェテネジェバトンジャンベジシンコバセジェバレンドワジェバオオケゴ
Um, so here we see uh, how great this loving attitude is. It says that the benefit of love is far greater merit than continually making vast offerings to the highest recipients, Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. Okay, Digsa. So number four then is the array of qualities in uh, Manjushri's Buddha realm. Uh, so this is category number four. It's a quote from um, this text. Southeast. Sinjanado Sambashibi, Sambashibi, Shin, Tana, Tana, what did Jatun to Goashibi, Goajashibi, Sheraro, Tana, Shamba, you don't go by in a son of the chickens, son of the chickens, Tana, secret to be you don't toss, Nelichigi, Shamba Gombayena, Sengen Tanjela, Shambi, Sengena, Namale, son Number four, it's just uh, the, the category heading really is just the name of this um, sutra. Rimche, the do yin. Ah. This uh, Doyen, this sutra. Uh, so the array of qualities in Manjushri's Buddha realm, uh, sutra states, in the northeast is the land of the conqueror uh, Bodhisvara, called decorated by a thousand universes. There, living beings have a happiness which is like the bliss of a monk who experiences a cessation. If you generate a loving attitude here in Jambubiba towards all living beings for merely the snap of the fingers, the merit produced greatly surpasses the merit gained by keeping pure conduct there for one trillion years. 
Is there any need to mention the merit of abiding in a loving attitude both day and night? Uh, so here it's showing the greatness of generation of a loving attitude and saying if we were to compare just the moment of generating this uh, loving attitude, just a moment that would be the same as snapping a finger, uh, to spending a trillion years um, keeping pure conduct, the, 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 the pure ordination, the full, fully ordained status. If one kept that for a trillion years in the Northeast land, um, called decorated by a thousand universes, it wouldn't be as much merit as the moment of love. So uh, that's the point of number four. Rimche chutsu jupa. Okay, the collateral. Then Rimche ngapa the J. Ah. Ngapa the ewa J, peyun ewa J. Ngapa the nmata kalita J. Okay. Kangyasina the peyun ewa J, you're right. Okay, so we're going to take a short break and we'll hand out snacks. Get the 
so uh, we're just uh, looking at uh, number five, and number five is the quote from Nagarjuna's uh, Precious Garland. Um, and what we're going over is, if you look at it in English, if you count, it says, uh, let me read it. Moreover, Nagarjuna's Precious Garland states, to offer 300 small pots of food even three times a day does not equal a portion of the merit of a fraction of an instant of love. Even if you are not liberated through love, you will attain its great uh, it's eight good qualities. Deities and humans <coughs> will love you. They will also uh, protect you. Uh, you will uh, have much physical pleasure. Poison and weapons will not harm you. You will attain your aims effortlessly and be reborn in the world of Brahma. Uh, if you look, at it says you will attain these eight qualities, and then there's six, if you count it in English. So there's an omission or something. I mean, if I'm, am I counting it wrong? Um, there are not six there in the English. Does anyone find seven or eight in the English? If you find seven or eight, let me know. But I'm going to, um, Rimache is saying that number one is that when you have the, the benefit of love, you have this um, love, morning, noon, and night, you're constantly generating this merit. So this is the first benefit. I don't see that uh, in, in the English, um, but, um, and I'm trying to find it at break in the Nagar another translation of the Precious Garland. I mean, a uh, letter to a friend. I just couldn't find it in time, and we just started class. So, um, and then in looking at the Tibetan, um, I, I can just translate it like I'm doing right now. Um, but I just was making sure that I'm not misstating that it, did anyone see it in the English? No, right? Anyone who's looking at it? Okay. Uh, so number one is that you continuously achieve this virtue. Number two is that gods and humans will love you. Number three is that you will be protected um, uh, by, uh, it says they, so deities and humans, uh, you will be protected. Um, uh, number, where are we at, four? Uh, you have a mental and physical bliss uh, will occur. Uh, number five, poison and weapons uh, will not harm you. Uh, number six, uh, you will attain effortlessly whatever you wish for. Uh, number seven, you will be reborn in the world of Brahma. Uh, and number eight, uh, it's, it says uh, uh, that you will... Um, <coughs> Uh, you will achieve the the excellent quality the good qu the you will attain uh, the excellent qualities you you attain these excellent qualities uh, it says of the eight um, which is strange because that's one of them but it, it counts as one of the categories that these excellent qualities um, of uh, um, these these eight will be achieved. Um, by having it. Um, so excellent qualities in the eights and these eight will be achieved. Um, I wish I could look at it more clearly without just dragging on time. But uh, So those are the, the eight um, and I don't know what happened in the English in here. Digson. <laughs> Shambhadeva in the Hadam Mazu 
Okay, so uh, number six uh, begins, um, Thus, although love is difficult to develop, you must strive to do so. Um, so it's saying that, yes, uh, developing this love that we're talking about is quite difficult, um, but that doesn't mean that you don't try. You have to uh, try, and by doing so, you, it will eventually arise. Um, the Compendium of Training says uh, that you should think wholeheartedly about the verses of the Sutra of the Golden Light. So the Compendium of Trainings is a text uh, written by Master Asanga, uh, and here he's, and that would be considered from the Tenjur, the uh, authentic Indian commentaries, and then the Sutra of the Golden Light, uh, the Savarna Prabhasa Sutra, um, is from the Kangjur, the pronouncements of Lord Buddha. Um, so, uh, Master Asanga is commenting on and, and quoting the, this sutra of Golden Light, and it says, which discuss the cultivation of love and compassion. Uh, that's it. It further says that you should... That's it. Number six. Okay. That Dumba ne Okay, so number six, uh, we find uh, the quote, uh, the words from the golden light. Uh, so here it, it's saying, uh, number six is, uh, I mean five is saying to recite these. I'm sorry. Uh, what, what number are we on? I'm just mixing it up now. Is this six or seven? Okay, we are on number six. 
Okay. So number eight, the stages of cultivating love are as follows. First, cultivate love toward friends. Then cultivate love towards persons towards whom you have neutral feelings. Next, cultivate love toward your enemies. Then cultivate it gradually toward your friends. Uh, so this is number eight, the stages of cultivating love. And then number nine, uh, the way to cultivate love. How does this occur? How does one make love generate within one's continuum? So it says the way to cultivate love is as follows. Just as you can develop compassion once you have repeatedly thought about how living beings are made miserable by suffering, develop love by thinking repeatedly about how living beings lack all happiness, both contaminated and uncontaminated. When you become familiar with this, you will naturally wish for beings to be happy. In addition, bring various forms of happiness and then offer them to living beings. Uh, so uh, this is number nine, uh, and we went over the points in this uh, previously when we were utilizing it to ex explain the object of love. Um, so uh, that is the whole uh, um, outline, and I'm just going to go through it again just to make sure that I was clear from my side. Uh, so number one is the object of love. Uh, um, number two is the process. It says the subjective aspects, but it's really the process of, of love. What, what, are, what are we thinking about? Um, number three is the benefit of it. Uh, number four is the quote from the Array Qualities Manjushri. Number five is from Nagarjuna's uh, Precious Garland, where we find those eight qualities. Number six is the point uh, made um, about the difficulty by a Sangha of achieving it, but still stating one needs to strive for it. Number seven is the quote where we find the aspiration, uh, aspirational prayer to keep us um, striving. And number eight is the stages of cultivating love. And then number nine is how to cultivate it, the way to cultivate love. So those are the nine categories from Jayan Sheba's uh, text. Mm. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Okay, so when we then go back to the topic that we're speaking of, and we're speaking about the seven-point cause and effect for realizing the mind that aspires to enlightenment, this is how we use this to realize bodhicitta. We think about these things over and over again in all aspects. So we, we begin with the foundational practice of this, which is equanimity. Uh, so we have to start with this foundation of equanimity where we're utilizing those three types of beings and trying to establish equanimity or an equal feeling towards to benefit um, those three types of beings. So we, we are working with their friends, our enemies, and our neutrals 
um, at that point of the preliminaries of, of this seven-point cause and effect for realizing the mind that aspires to enlightenment. So the preliminaries are really the foundation from which this all can grow, this all can occur. Um, so uh, this equanimity towards those three types of beings is the foundation. Uh, and then we have those producers of love, that which gives rise to the actual affection towards all beings that is called love through the force of affection or love through the force of attraction. Um, and that is brought about by recognizing that sentient beings are our mother, remembering their kindness and wishing to repay their kindness. So we first develop this equanimity, this foundation, uh, and then we work on this idea of them being our mothers and then s begin to develop this affection to the point where it arises and then that is the resultant point where love through the force of attraction occurs. And that's the fourth step uh, within the seven-point cause and effect for realizing the mind that aspires to enlightenment. So there are realizations at all of these steps that occur up to the final realization, but each of them need to occur for the next step to actually occur from an, uh, an, a realizational standpoint. Um, so this is why this process works this way, this analysis works this way, um, because it, it, it's required to be realized, the prior step is required to be realized in order for uh, the arisal to occur of the, the next one, up to the final, which is bodhicitta, the mind that aspires to enlightenment. Uh, so today, we've been talking about love, um, and what love is, and so forth. And that's how it occurs. It's through all of those other things. Equanimity, recognizing sentient beings are mother, wishing to repay their kindness, remembering their kindness, wishing to repay their kindness, and then arriving at, that, at love. So when we speak of love, we're speaking of it, a very large topic um, that requires um, familiarization with other topics to occur. Digsung. So this is the real meditation upon love. It doesn't require you to get in some special posture uh, and put your hands in a special place uh, and, and sit in a pious position to meditate. Uh, one can be laying down and meditating on love, familiarizing oneself with love. Uh, one can be going somewhere, walking down the street and meditating on love, familiarizing oneself with love. Uh, one can be sitting down in a chair uh, and just familiarizing themselves with love, meditating on love. So it doesn't require this special position to get into in order to meditate. <laughs> So we can, uh, wherever, whatever we're doing, if we're driving a car or we're flying on an airplane, we can uh, at the same time or simultaneously be meditating upon love, be familiarizing ourselves with love. Uh, so this is the best, um, the, the best protector, the, 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 the best protection for us. This is the best way we can be protected, is by meditating on love. Mm -hmm. 
Sadece gocayın udu. Okay, so now we arrive at the next, uh, which is the cultivation of compassion uh, in the text. And there's a lot of information uh, in that section. There's going to be um, nine categories uh, to explain that section as well. The page 44, uh, the cultivation of compassion. <laughs> So when we look at what the object of observation for compassion is, uh, we know um, that it's all living beings that are having the three kinds of suffering, the suffering of suffering, the suffering of change, and pervasive compounded suffering. So any being that has any among those is the object of observation for compassion. So it says, in order to understand the cultivation of compassion, you must know the following tob topics. The object of compassion is living beings who experience misery through any of the three kinds of suffering. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, now we have the subjective aspects, or the subjects, um, I guess we use subjective aspects. That's, uh, when we go back to that last outline, you can use that as well. Um, like, what are the subjects of it, um, the, the subjects that occur in it? Um, we used process um, before, um, but subjective aspects... We look at nampar, which is the word. It, that'll work. So subjective aspects, what are they? Um, and it says, How nice it would be if living beings were free from suffering. May they be free from suffering. I will cause them to be free from suffering. Um, so when we look at this, these are the, the subjects that are um, being looked at uh, in this section. Um, and there are these different levels of compassion that are occurring here. Uh, there's a a compassion that's occurring here um, that is uh, a compassion that's like an extraordinary compassion, this wholehearted resolve. Uh, I will cause them to be free from suffering. So yeah, I'll take it upon myself to cause them to be free from suffering. Uh, so we find a, a lot of different points here, but this section is the subjective aspects, and it's just showing what the points are that are the process, what's gonna, what, what occurs for compassion to occur. Number three is the stages. 
So, number three, the steps of cultivating compassion are first to cultivate it towards friends, then toward those beings for whom you have neutral feelings, and next towards enemies. When you have equal compassion for your enemies and friends, cultivate it gradually toward all living beings in ten directions. So in all the ten directions, uh, uh, um, you uh, is where beings reside. The ten directions is where all beings reside. Um, uh, just as in translator's note, that's north, south, east, west, northeast, north, south, you know, et cetera. There's eight, and then up and down uh, make for ten. Uh, so it's all of the points you would think of and, uh, with north and south and east and west plus up and down. Uh, so these are the ten directions. So you're uh, um, gradually uh, working with the, those three types of beings and making it end up at all beings in ten directions. And then number four, where do we find this point being made? Where is this expressed? And then La, uh, Lama Tsongkhapa says this is a very important point, uh, and Kamala Shila uh, expresses it in his text. Uh, so number four is, Kamala Shila, following the discourses on knowledge, set out this way of gradually collecting, cultivating impartiality, love, and compassion while distinguishing specific objects of meditation. It is an extremely important point. Uh, so uh, Kamala Shila um, is saying that this is the way this is cultivated. You have to gradually cultivate it through this process uh, there's no other way for it to just occur out of nowhere. It needs this process of gradual insight. Uh, so we're going to end there, um, and we'll be back next week. Thank you, everybody. Uh, as always, 
Tuchana Rimche, Shera Sobaldu. I said to Rimche, thank you, the teaching was so clear. Sometimes it, it's easy for an outline when you start comparing it to a text uh, to get mixed up because um, you're looking at specific points in the, in the outline. There's four interwoven commentaries in this text that Rinpoche is using, and all they're doing is pointing out hard points in the Lam Rim Chemo. So when you just try to match up that one tiny section of the four interwoven commentaries with where it goes in the Lam Rim Chemo, it can be very difficult, and it's easy, even in my home studies, when I've tried to do it and found the section, to start going in the wrong direction, uh, because the words are all there. And you see there's a lot of repeating in texts, so you find topics repeated again and again and again, the friends, enemies, neutrals. So you see that, and you could easily go to the wrong section. So that's all that happened. But uh, it actually helped because we learned the object of observation in a clearer way before we even got to it. So uh, let's do the concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer. And thanks, everybody, for coming. Rinpoche was so happy to see uh, so many people here today. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All powerful Avogateshvara, Tenzin Yatso, may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandok, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Tuji Rimache, Gutsi Shapi Denerlang, Atsu Lamrim Chemo Kanga Chirunang. Tuji Tuji.